Presley family, thank you guys. Lisa Marie, Priscilla, I love you forever. Two days after this glorious night, Lisa Marie Presley was dead. Her death at 54 was the last in a string of tragedies that echoed through her life. The cause has not yet been determined, but we have information that may explain why her heart suddenly stopped beating. Lisa had lost 40 to 50 pounds in just six weeks. We're also told she was back on opioids. Lisa survived almost impossible odds with tragedy heaped on tragedy. The level of trauma, loss, and grief that this woman has had to deal with in her lifetime is catastrophic. Lisa was dogged by failed marriages, a brutal custody fight, and financial ruin. There are ongoing custody issues, family strife, and tens of millions of dollars on the line. And we have inside information about how this will all play out. On the day she died, Lisa's estate was suddenly flush with cash. It's a story of history repeating itself. TMZ investigates Lisa Marie Presley, unending tragedy. Engine 125 squad, 68 full arrest. Normandy Drive, province, drive. It's Thursday, January 12th. A 9-1-1 operator receives a frantic call from a housekeeper. A housekeeper at Lisa Marie Presley's rented Calabasas mansion. The housekeeper has found Lisa lying unconscious in her bedroom. Lisa's ex-husband, Danny Keough, is living with her and has just returned home from dropping her twins off at school. The housekeeper hands Danny the phone. Just want to make sure I have the right location. I have no idea where they're at right now. So over, I think they're here. Okay, are they there with you? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Paramedics tried desperately to save her. She's not breathing, and it's unclear how long she's been without oxygen. They give her a shot to restart her pulse, and she's immediately taken to a nearby hospital where she's put on life support. But doctors quickly determine it's hopeless. At that point, we knew that it was uh, extremely dire. What I was told last night from a family member, they are saying they don't know how long Lisa Marie was without a heartbeat or a pulse. And obviously that has an impact because it was the housekeeper who eventually came in and found, found her. her. Her mother Priscilla rushes to be by her side and Lisa's eldest daughter Riley, she's on a plane, she's desperately trying to get back to see her mother, but it was not meant to be. Doctors inform the family Lisa Marie is brain dead. The family signs a do not resuscitate order and Lisa suffers a second cardiac arrest. She's pronounced dead at 54. Thursday, late uh, in, the, in the afternoon, early evening, around six o'clock, Priscilla actually announced that uh, Lisa Marie had passed away. The coroner performs an autopsy, cause of death undetermined pending toxicology results. But we have information that could be highly relevant in determining why Lisa Marie Presley died.
Just two days before she died, Lisa had a lot to celebrate. The film Elvis was nominated for three Golden Globe Awards. Hey, Lisa, how are you? I just, I just photo, what I photo bomb you? No, 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 it's perfect. What was it like watching Austin on stage and during this movie and the making of this movie? It was mind-blowing, <laughs> truly mind-blowing. I really didn't know what, it, what to do with myself after, after I saw it. Austin Butler, who played her father, won Best Actor. And the Presley family, thank you guys. Thank you for opening your hearts, your, your memories, your home to me. Lisa Marie, Priscilla, I love you forever. But Lisa seemed off that night. She was unsteady and gaunt. And have you gotten to know Austin Butler a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm going to grab your arm. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot, actually. I adore him. I invited her up to the platform, which has two steps to come up. And I said, oh, come on up. And I reached out my hand to help her. And it was clear that she was, you know, not coming up the two flights. I went down and, and met her on the carpet itself. And uh, definitely when the interview was over, I, you know, I turned to my producer next to me and said, something's, uh, something's off here. She was slurring her speech. She had drooping eyelids. She was unsteady on her feet and actually had to hold on to somebody to stand up. Not normal for a woman who is otherwise healthy at her age. The behavior at the Golden Globe was consistent with somebody on a lot of substance. Uh, and, and to my eye, pharmaceutical medication. Now here's what we know. Family sources tell us Lisa desperately wanted to look her best for awards season. So two months before the Globes, she had plastic surgery and she also began taking very powerful weight loss medication. Family sources also tell us Lisa had lost 40 to 50 pounds in just six weeks. We're also told she was back on opioids, something she had struggled with for years. I've come a long way. I don't have a therapist and she was like, you're a miracle. You really are. She's like, I don't know, you're still alive. I'm not perfect. My father wasn't perfect. No one's perfect. Our sources say just before Lisa went into cardiac arrest, she complained of abdominal pain that got worse and worse as the morning wore on. As for what caused that pain and the cardiac arrest that followed, well, toxicology results could be revealing. Whatever the autopsy reveals, Lisa's death was eerily similar to what happened to her dad in 1977. Elvis Presley died today. He was 42. Apparently it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in Memphis, not breathing. His road manager tried to revive him. He failed. A hospital tried to revive him. It failed. His doctor pronounced him dead at 3 o'clock this afternoon. As we know, Elvis also struggled with severe drug addiction. And yes, he also died after suffering a cardiac arrest at 42. So it was 1977, and Lisa was just nine at the time. She was staying at Graceland when she heard all of this commotion coming from her father's bathroom. She was quickly ushered away as friends and staffers tried desperately to save her father's life. I will never forget that upstairs up in Elvis's bathroom where we found him. I was there with him trying to revive him, and I looked at the, front, at the door. And standing by the doorway was Lisa. The undisputed king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, is dead. He died this afternoon here in his adopted hometown of Memphis after apparently collapsing at his South Memphis mansion. And the mayor has ordered all flags in the city to be flown at half staff. She's nine years old. And... 
to not just lose your father, but to sort of have it done in this chaotic fashion with people running around upset, waiting to find out what happens. That's the kind of thing I think would leave a lingering trauma. Pandemonium has broken out here on Elvis Presley Boulevard in Memphis. Thousands of fans from all over the country are converging on Graceland, trying to get in to view the body of the 42-year-old king of rock and roll. Priscilla Presley, who was then a Scientologist, brings her daughter Lisa to the Scientology Center for Grief Counseling. Her counselor, Karen De La Carriere, says the little girl was severely traumatized. Lisa was traumatized beyond belief. You know, you can't unring the bell. You can't not see a stuck picture in the mind. I believe she had this memory in the deep freeze in her mind that she couldn't, it wasn't just the picture, it was the emotions, the mood, the feelings at that moment. When I see pictures of you from, from when you were growing up, you don't look very happy. Mm. Why? I don't know. I was sort of a, you know, um, perp I, I don't know. I, I was very deep as a kid. I had a lot of questions about life. Exposed to death very early. Her mother, Priscilla, would drop off Lisa Marie every day. This big black limousine would pull up and Lisa with a long face, miserable, would step out of the limousine and I heard Priscilla say, handle her. The death of her dad would be enough tragedy to last a lifetime, but it was just the beginning of decades filled with heartache. Four divorces, years of substance abuse, deep in debt, and a very public, ugly custody fight. And of course, two other profound losses in her life. The death of her ex-husband, Michael Jackson, of a drug overdose, and the suicide of her son, Benjamin. The level of trauma, loss, and grief that this woman has had to deal with in her lifetime is catastrophic. It's the kind of thing that you never fully get over. You can have a lot of therapy to help you deal with it, but to have that kind of trauma is life-changing. By all rights, Lisa could have retreated forever after her son's suicide, but she slowly came out of her shell when Elvis was released last summer. And she spoke at a Graceland event earlier this year, honoring what would have been her father's 88th birthday. You're the only people that can bring me out of my house. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Lisa's reemergence was a testament to her resilience. Resilience that was tested over and over by death, drugs, and divorce. She admits to having a terrible cocaine problem, admits to mixing alcohol with pills, including opioids. The fact that she gets up and goes to the Golden Globes, good for her. I wish somebody had raised the alarm, though, based on how she was looking. Lisa Marie Presley was laid to rest at Graceland just over a week ago, next to her beloved son, Benjamin, and steps away from her father. In some ways, she came full circle. I mean, she spent the first nine years of her life at Graceland. 
On February 1st, 1968, Priscilla gave birth to Elvis's only child, Lisa Marie Presley. This room shows how much Elvis liked Hawaii. And it said Lisa Marie would take naps as a child in this chair in the corner. The birth of the King's only child on February 1st, 1968 is huge. Fans are just obsessed. And so is Elvis. My little daughter goes around and says, Hey Elvis, what you gonna do? What do you got? Hey Elvis? I said, honey, I'm your daddy, don't call me. Hey, okay, Elvis. <laughs> Elvis spoils her rotten. He buys her furs, jewelry, and even names his plane after her. Priscilla writes in her memoir that Elvis just lavished gifts on her, and she put it in a very interesting way. She said that he gave her everything a child shouldn't have and couldn't appreciate. He was very protective, very adoring, and very watchful. And, um, you know, I knew that, that I, I knew that I was loved. There's no question about that. Were you very close to your father? Yes. It was a daddy-daughter kind of thing? Yeah, very much. What was he like as a father? Uh, very, um, you know, adoring, very sweet. I knew that he was crazy about me. At Graceland, young Lisa has the run of the place, and everyone there knows it. No one dares mess with the king's princess. I knew that no one was going to tell me what to do because they would get fired. <laughs> I was truthfully a terror, to be honest. One of the cooks just recently told me, she said, you came in the kitchen one day and you said, I want, I wanted, she made a chocolate cake and she said, and I wanted to eat it. She said, you can't wait. And your father said, no, you're going to have dinner. And I said, you're fired. Get out. This is my house. When she would be at Graceland and uh, go down to the front to see the fans that were gathered there that they'd ask her for an autograph and she'd sign her name and write some rude message as well. Or she said how people would say, they'd give her a camera and say, can you go up and take a picture of your father? And she'd say, yeah, I'll do that. And then she'd just throw the camera away and not come back. Elvis and Priscilla divorce when Lisa's just five. And then after she begins splitting her time between Graceland and Priscilla's new home in Los Angeles. She's very spoiled and indulged when she's visiting her father and then when she's back with her mother priscilla tries to restore some kind of discipline and it wasn't easy the the teenage years can be difficult but for lisa it was harder than most after her father's death lisa moves in with priscilla full time and that's when things between the two of them start to get really tense i really gave it to my mom pretty badly i felt when i was younger it was like difficult to have a relationship lisa wanted to do whatever she wanted, when she wanted, how she wanted. And her mother wanted to contain that. And that was Priscilla's agenda for having her come week after week into Scientology therapy. When Lisa hits her teenage years, she starts using alcohol and drugs, including cocaine. This is a problem that gets worse and worse over the years. She woke up a different person at 13 years old, of which I never expected. And it does happen. And I wasn't quite prepared for it. She did dabble in drugs. I was a lost soul for a while. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no purpose in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And, uh, you know, finding myself. When Lisa is 17, Priscilla is at her wit's end. She kicks her out of the house and drops her off at the Scientology Center. She hopes the church can get a handle on her. Lisa stays there for eight months. She basically threw me out in the middle of the night. You know, one night, I get out. She drove me to the 
church one night sort of dumbed me off to them. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning and I was in hysterics. Lisa falls in love with another member of the church, a musician named Danny Kehoe. I knew um, at 20 years old, actually earlier, that Danny was the man I was having my children with. And I don't know how I knew that. I just knew he was the one. He was the right one. And he was going to be the person that I would be okay to be connected to for the rest of my life, regardless what happens with us. It was like this prophetic thing I knew at, you know, 19. They marry and have two kids together, Riley and Benjamin. They divorce after six years. Danny will resurface in a big way years later. So here's what's crazy. Just three weeks after the ink dries on the divorce papers, Lisa marries again. Marries an icon as big as her dad. A marriage that will play out bizarrely in public. I didn't speak with her when I did get pregnant and Michael and I did get married. I think maybe she was upset because I sabotaged something when I didn't. And it was never my intention to. World news organizations, tabloids, and fans like you see here have been staring at Trump Tower, just looking at it, wondering if this incredible story could be true. Twenty-six-year-old Lisa Marie Presley, mother of two and the daughter of Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. Married? To Michael Jackson? The proclaimed king of pop? Michael Jackson? Oh, God. Michael Jackson? I thought you were going to go here. Why did you marry Michael Jackson? It's the most shocking marriage, maybe ever. The daughter of the king of rock tying the knot with the king of pop. They try to keep it under wraps. But then in 1994, they go public at the MTV Music Awards with that infamous cringe-worthy kiss. Nobody thought this would last. His hand was blue after we got off that stage. Completely blue. I squeezed it so hard. I did not want to do that. You know, it was just, it's not in my nature to do that sort of thing. So, but I understood it. As his wife, I had, you know, I needed to do some things like that. Lots of people thought that kiss was a smoking gun. The marriage was fake. But we've spoken with people in the middle of it all. And they say their love was as real as it gets. I think there was a genuine affection between Michael and Lisa from what I saw. It all starts in 1993 when a lawyer who has ties with both Michael and Lisa hooks them up. So I remember once uh, Lisa asked me about Michael Jackson. And interestingly, a couple days later, I was talking with Michael on the phone. And he said, do you ever talk to Lisa Marie Presley? So uh, the light bulb went on. I said, okay, Lisa's asking about Michael. Michael's asking about Lisa. Seems like it might be time for them to get together. And they got together, and as they say, the rest is history.
On some level, it all kind of makes sense. Two very famous people who had both grown up in the white-hot spotlight finding love. And as the daughter of Elvis, she knew a little something about living with an eccentric, creative genius. Obviously, Michael and Elvis are the two biggest solo artists in the history of our business and our culture. So it made sense to me that he and Lisa would find a common interest. But their marriage becomes the constant butt of jokes. I'll take first prize for marrying this freak. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I ain't finished. I'm telling you, I mean, his whole family's freaky. Some people think the marriage was just a stunt on Lisa's part to jumpstart her music career. For Michael, some think it was an effort by him to take the focus away from the child molestation charges that he was facing. And some people think it was just a play on Michael's part to get Elvis's music catalog. So what do you think about Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley uh, Jackson as a match? Uh, it's all cover-up. It's all cover-up from uh, the little child thing. That's what I think it is. That's about it. You don't think it's true love? No. You think this is a real marriage? Yes. <laughs> they try to put the rumors to rest in a bombshell interview with Diane Sawyer. 60 million people tune in. As you know, the reaction to this marriage, and I know you feel strongly about it, but the reaction to this marriage has been across the spectrum, everything from astonishment to delight to suspicion, that it was somehow too convenient. Lisa, did, did you ask Michael about the charges? Did the two of you talk about the impact of the marriage on the allegations? Absolutely not. He called, I was in touch with him through the whole process of this charges going on. I was talking to him when he disappeared. I was actually supposed to go to San Juan, Puerto Rico when he left and disappeared. And I got a call that he wasn't gonna be there. And I was actually part of the whole thing with him, but talking to him on the phone. So did I didn't- Did you say to him, are they true? No, I didn't. No, I actually did not. I've heard that it's a Scientology plan. You were a member of the Church of Scientology, which is said to influence its members greatly, and that the husband you divorced was Scientologist, and he's still very much in your life, and this is all part of a calculation to get Michael and his money into the church. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's crap. I'm sorry. It, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Are you going to sing together? No. I would love to sing with you. Uh -uh. Would you like to sing with me? You don't sing? I don't sing. I, I did sing, but that's not why I married Michael. Um, I don't need that. That's ridiculous. If I wanted it, I mean, I'm not going to marry someone for a recording career just to clear that up as well. Um, what? <laughs> Stop. And then, of course, the question on everyone's mind. We want to know if you've done the thing. Are you having sex together? Are you guys intimate? Again, I, I can't believe wow. it. This is about huh. the skepticism. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we have read in the papers that you are expecting a child. We will be expecting a child. No, when, I'm not going to. We're not going to say when. It's oh, in the hands of the heavens. The marriage starts to unravel but not because of scandal. We know Michael was desperate to have kids with Lisa, but she already had two kids. Michael's friend and future wife, Debbie Rose, steps up to the plate and offers to carry a baby for them. And Lisa doesn't like it one bit. I offered to take care of, of having the baby or babies while they were working. 
so she wouldn't have to worry about putting her career on hold or having to change anything. And I thought that by doing this, she would understand that it was a gift of love, not trying to ruin a marriage or anything like that. Because I would never. And I think maybe she was upset because I sabotaged something when I didn't. And it was never my intention to. It got really ugly at the end. It wasn't pretty. Did he fight you're getting a divorce? No, he, I think he got on to, you know, getting a, somebody else pregnant, right? Or having a baby, <laughs> that's what he wanted. He seemed to get on that pretty quick. You know, I don't know. And did it shake your confidence? Yeah, I was pretty much needed to be mopped up off the floor after that one. <laughs> I think she was hurt because I think she misunderstood my relationship with Michael. I didn't speak with her um, when I did get pregnant and Michael and I did get married. I think she was so angry with me because in a way, I kind of took something from her. I didn't kind of do it, I did it. I took away something from her that she just wasn't ready to do at that time. Lisa and Michael divorced after two years of marriage, but there would be so much more heartbreak ahead. More marriages, more divorces, more massive money problems and another tragic death that would send Lisa spiraling out of control. Benjamin Kehoe took his own life. He was 27 years old. He is the son of Lisa Marie Presley. He was a source of strength for her, and when he died, it gutted her. Were it not for the twins, Lisa may have followed on Benjamin's path. They meet at a birthday party in 2000, and just two years later, Lisa Marie Presley and Nicolas Cage are husband and wife. This did not last long, though. Nick files for divorce exactly 107 days later. Lisa says what brought them together was that they were both rebels. But that's also what drove them apart. You know, we were two pirates, basically, and one pirate marries another and they'll sink the ship. They would have knockdown, drag out fights. And looking back, Lisa described the marriage as a big mistake. Nick claimed things just happened too quickly. I wish we couldn't have rushed the marriage, and sometimes I regret rushing the divorce, but it, it just seemed like. You know, it, 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 wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna change. A year later, Lisa jumpstarts her music career. She releases an album, it goes gold that summer, and then she sets out on tour. Her guitarist is Michael Lockwood, and she falls hard for him. They tie the knot in January 2006, 
Marriage number four. I am the happiest that I've ever been in, in the most sane, calm, uh, best relationship I've ever been. And suddenly she's up for having babies again. In 2008, they have twins, Harper and Finley. Lisa Marie Presley pregnant with twins. Lisa Marie will be on double diaper duty this fall when she and husband Michael Lockwood will welcome twins. Pregnancy clearly agrees with Lisa Marie. She is absolutely glowing in these exclusive shots. Lisa's in a lot of pain after the delivery, so her doctor prescribes her opioids. And that sets off an addiction that will dog her for the rest of her life. Back at the time when Lisa Marie was giving birth to the twins, doctors were giving out opiates liberally, and there was actually a movement afoot at the time that if anybody was in any pain, they absolutely should be given opiates as much as they needed. In 2009, a year after she gives birth, Michael Jackson dies of a drug overdose. TMZ was first to report that Michael Jackson had died today. She's utterly devastated, which opens the door to more drug abuse. It is believed he suffered cardiac arrest in his home. Your reaction, your first reaction. Sh real honest to goodness shock, not even tears, just, you know, I was floored, honestly floored. Lisa's marriage to Michael Lockwood lasts 10 years. In 2016, she files for divorce. To describe this split as nasty is a gross understatement. They go to war over custody. Lisa claims she found hundreds of images of child porn on Lockwood's computer. But two investigations find that those allegations were unfounded. Michael also makes accusations against Lisa, calling her an unfit mother, citing her ongoing drug and alcohol addictions. We've learned Priscilla was so concerned about Lisa's addictions, she actually sided with Michael Lockwood in their custody war. In 2017, she sits for a deposition where she admits to having a terrible cocaine problem, admits to mixing alcohol with pills, including opioids. She opens up revealing that she's been to rehab several different times. There were insinuations being made and, and outright allegations that her competency as a mother was in question because of her um, use of uh, prescription drugs and of, of her uh, addiction. And so my message to her was that she, you know, she could actually be in a stronger position by, by being open and being transparent and, and being accountable for her own health. Lisa's terrified that her history of drug abuse could cost her her kids. At the end of the day, the judge gave 60% of the custodial time to Lisa Marie and 40% to Michael Lockwood. Doesn't mean that they don't have issues or they didn't have issues, but none of us are perfect. And in family court, we're just looking for parents that are good enough. Lockwood asks for a whopping $40,000 a month in child support. Our sources tell us they eventually settle for six grand a month. So Lisa's still reeling from the divorce when tragedy strikes again. And even for someone who's dealt with so many horrible tragedies, this one is just simply too much to bear. TMZ reported that Benjamin died Sunday, July 12th in Calabasas, California from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. On July 12th, 2020, Lisa's 27-year-old son, Benjamin, shoots and kills himself in her home. His girlfriend discovers him. Later, the coroner finds cocaine and alcohol in his system. Benjamin Kehoe took his own life 
Uh, he was 27 years old. He is the son of Lisa Marie Presley, the grandson of Priscilla and Elvis Presley. Lisa and Benjamin were extremely close. Family sources tell us they had dinner with each other almost every single night. He was a source of strength for her. And when he died, he gutted her. She describes her pain as suffocating and bottomless. She locks herself inside her home and she basically doesn't come out for the next two years. Family sources tell us they had brutally candid conversations with Lisa. And they say, were it not for the twins, Lisa may have followed on Benjamin's path. On the two-year anniversary of Benjamin's death, she writes, it's a real choice to keep going, one that I have to make every single day and one that is constantly challenging to say the least. Multiple family sources tell us Lisa went back on opioids to cope with her grief. People use opiates to manage emotional and physical pain. They keep going because of the biology of addiction. They can't stop and can't stay stopped because of the biology of addiction. There's a hero in this. Ex-husband Danny realizes Lisa is in real danger, so he moves in with her. It's not romantic. He moves in to comfort her and to care for the twins for two and a half years, right up until the day she died. As for Priscilla and Lisa, we know they barely spoke with one another for years. There was a lot of bad blood between them. Yes, they were with each other at the Golden Globes. Some family members told us they were absolutely shocked to see them sitting at the same table. A family fractured and grief-stricken and unfinished business. Who will get custody of the twins and who will inherit what? On the money front, we know Lisa's death turned out to be a huge reversal of fortune. She basically blew through $100 million in 25 years. But we found out on the day she died, Lisa's estate was suddenly flush with cash. Good morning and welcome to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee. Despite inheriting a vast fortune from her father when she was 25, Lisa Marie was deeply in debt when she died. Priscilla grew the Elvis estate by making some pretty savvy business decisions. She turned Graceland into a tourist mecca. What Priscilla opened up here today is a gold mine. She could have had a big garage sale like Bing Crosby's widow did recently, but the fans still would have come here, so why not cash in? I mean, my mother took it and turned it around. It was nothing, you know? Uh, it wasn't going to provide for me or keep everybody afloat or do anything so she had to do what she needed to do and i understand that and lisa got a nice cut a hundred million dollars that should have lasted her a lifetime it didn't lisa was never disciplined about money she was a big spender and she made some bad investments she basically blew through a hundred million dollars in 25 years we've learned at the time of lisa's death she was four million dollars in debt including two and a half million still owed to the irs but we found out on the day she died, Lisa's estate was suddenly flush with cash. Family sources tell us Lisa had taken out life insurance policies, one for $25 million, another for $10 million. And there may have been a third $10 million policy, but they're not sure if it lapsed. Bottom line, there's more than $30 million to be divided among the three kids. So it appears financially, at least, Riley, Harper, and Finley are going to be just fine. But there are still big questions. Who gets custody of the twins? Who will still be able to see them 
With so much bad blood in the family, that could get very complicated. Lisa's twins, Harper and Finley, are only 14. They need a parent, and there are several takers, but there is one odds-on favorite. A judge cannot order custody to a non-parent over Michael Lockwood's objection unless the judge finds that it would be detrimental to the children to be in Michael's sole care. And that is extraordinarily difficult to do. So everyone's been wondering, you know, who's gonna get custody of the twins? You know, there's a lot of bad blood in this family, but we recently learned that Michael Lockwood, who's the father of the girls, is actually gonna get full custody at the end of the day, which the girls apparently are okay with, and this should all shake out in the end. Based on what we're hearing, it is almost certain Michael will have full custody of the twins. He was getting $6,000 a month from Lisa in child support, but that ends. So the question now, could Michael ask to use some of the life insurance money to help support the children? The life insurance money will go into a trust and Michael Lockwood can go to the person who's in charge of that trust and request money to be distributed from it. He could say, look, I no longer have child support being paid to me, so I need funds to help support these kids. If the person in charge of the trust denies that request, he can always go to the court and petition for some funds to be released to him. Turns out things may not be so simple. As we were preparing this documentary, we found out there is a family fight brewing over that money. This is a very complicated family. We're being told Riley desperately wants to maintain a relationship with her sisters. Of course, Priscilla wants to see her granddaughters. And as for Danny, he absolutely wants to stay in touch with the kids, but there may be a problem. Fact is, since Benjamin died, Danny was with the twins more than Michael. There is a lot of bad blood between Danny and Michael. We're told on a 10 scale, 10 being hate, they are at nine. Right now, we know that Priscilla and Riley are still seeing the twins. As for Danny, his future with the girls is unclear. It's really sad. The twins will now spend the rest of their lives without their mother, but there's plenty to remember her by. I suspect that they will see her as a loving mother who struggled with her own demons and really tried so hard to fight addiction and be there for them. But ultimately, they lost her too early to get to know her as adults themselves. The question now, was Lisa's death at such a young age inevitable? Could it have been prevented? The fact that she gets up and goes to the Golden Globes, good for her. I wish somebody had raised the alarm, though, based on how she was looking. With such a long family history of drug abuse and tragedy after tragedy, was it all simply more than anyone could possibly bear? She herself had so many losses. <laughs> she lost her son at a very young age. Her dad, she was very, very young when he passed away and Michael passed away and she was young. And it just, you know, I hope, I truly hope that they all find each other in heaven. It means a lot. I just think she deserves that. She deserves to see her dad. She deserves to see her son. And Michael, of course. I really, I really, truly, I hope that they're together.
they, they're supposed to be together. If Lisa does turn out to be the latest casualty of opioid addiction, it could shine an even brighter light on one of the biggest crises in America. Deep pain is always present in people that get going on opiates, and we should have deep compassion for her. She's one of the now, I'm sure, millions of people that have died from this pandemic, the opioid pandemic, and we should have deep compassion, and we should be angry, and we should want to do something about it. Grief is the price we pay for love. Her broken heart was the doing of her death. Now she is home where she always belonged, but my heart is missing her love. Grief is the price we pay for love. And today we talk about Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie Presley was remembered last week at Graceland, where she was laid to rest. Remembered as someone with a good heart and a resilient spirit. I'm gonna read something Riley wrote. Thank you for showing me that love is the only thing that matters in this life. I hope you finally know how loved you were here. I hope I can love my daughter the way you loved me. Thank you for giving me strength, my heart, my empathy, my courage, my sense of humor. My manners, my temper, my wildness, my tenacity. Lisa Marie was all Memphis. She belonged to us, and we belonged to her. Today, we celebrate her love. We admire her artistry. We embrace her family, and we recognize the strength and sheer force of will it took for Lisa just to keep on climbing. Lisa's voice will only be amplified with time and never be silenced or diminished. She was and will always be her father's protector. And we will continue to be hers. Priscilla read a poem written by one of Lisa's daughters that encapsulated her life called Old Soul. This is a poem, The Old Soul. In 1968, she entered our world, born tired, fragile, yet strong. She was delicate, but was filled with life. Now she is home where she always belonged, but my heart is missing her love. So as her body finds rest at Graceland, her spirit will live in the collective memory of a city that loved her truly. May God bless you. For Riley, for Harper and Finley, we march forward in support of you. All of us are with you. That says it all. And thank you all for being here. Our heart is broken, Lisa. We all love you. Thank you.